forgot how good that intro was man it's been a while but uh dj dirty work thanks again for the beats uh yes we are back i am your host dave reed joined by my co-host joey gallo and ryan wilkinson been on a bit of a hiatus since our last pod uh you know summer gets a little crazy but we are back and we are i believe in the final week now of the preseason and we're starting to see some players emerge on the in the teams and the roster and some are demerging on uh, on the depth chart, uh, and then others have on some unfortunate injuries, and others have some murky situations from some key names like Jonathan Taylor, which we'll get into. But with that being said, I, I want to throw it out to uh, to my co-host. What are what are some like notes or standouts you've seen through the preseason so far? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, sorry, I'll jump in. Um, <laughs> probably the offense that and the players on offense that I think that have surprised me in a favorable way the most have been uh, the Redskins. Sam Howell has looked Howell. Uh, But Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson looked great um, Monday night, their last game. Um, and Terry McLaurin went out with Turf Toe. Turf Toes are notoriously uh, tough to come back. They linger. He may end up being not full strength for a couple uh couple weeks to start the season and if that's the case i mean i've been scooping up diami brown in a couple of my uh my leagues my couple of my dynasty leagues just because he was getting a couple targets after mclaurin went out caught the touchdown after mclaurin went out um but Jahan dotson looked great he was getting targeted uh all over the fields and it's not that every one of sam howell's throws were great there were there were some very very poor ones mixed in there but um the offense, I mean, the uh, there's reason to be optimistic about the offense in general under Eric Bieniemy, and I just think that uh, Sam Howell's elusiveness in the pocket was notable enough where um, I think that I'm I'm feeling decently optimistic about Washington's uh, potential this year to produce fantasy points. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. And I, I was pumped at the beginning because I obviously have Terry, but, um, you know, he obviously goes down with an injury, hoping it doesn't linger all season. But uh, I was a little nervous about that pick, but then Sam Howell looked great. So I thought it was going to turn out great. And, uh, you know, yeah, Howell's my boy, baby. Turf toe, so, yeah. Yeah, he looked great. A um, couple guys I just think the situation has changed a lot for obviously Jonathan Taylor potentially you know traded dolphins are actively pursuing him now you know how does that affect his value uh Trey Lance obviously just got traded to the Cowboys you know is that good or Values bad? Up, sure, baby. Oh, it's sure good. we're gonna hear from Dave good, on that baby. One. Good. Uh, <laughs> and then and then we can go to the opposite side of, of it and you got Kyler Murray who is you know trending down right now so those three guys, I feel like the value has really significantly tra- changed from when we drafted. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I have a, a bunch of them uh, f- from the Broncos. There's a couple. Javante, first of all, I mean, I've been banging his drum all offseason. I, I thought he would recover faster based on where the money was going. Like, I didn't think they spent a lot on Samaj P. Ryan. They didn't use any draft capital. But still, <laughs> it's a it's a it's quite the leap of faith, but it's been looking like it's – 
paying off. He actually got some game action, got a lot of receptions, which is great to see. Um, and just seeing him on the field in general this quick is pretty impressive. But on the flip side, obviously the Broncos are losing a couple of receivers. Tim Patrick's out for the year. Judy may be out for multiple weeks. But with that, Marvin Mims, who a rookie who I was very high on coming into the draft, um, has now shot up the depth chart, uh, going to be the wide receiver two there. And I think he has a lot of, lot of potential. Um, other players are like, uh, honestly, I think the Steelers, there's been a major discount on all Steelers. I feel like in draft, they just seem like a boring offense. But Pickett has actually looked pretty decent. Um, hopefully has more than seven touchdowns this year. And George Pickens, who honestly I don't love because he doesn't seem to separate, but just keeps making highlight catches. Maybe a little bit of offensive pass interference on all the plays, but he still makes like great, great plays that are always every week on Twitter. Um, so just fun to watch that. Um, lower person, Dorian Thomas, Thompson Robinson, who actually I have picked in a few of my rookie drafts. He's the um, now the number two quarterback back up to Deshaun Watson on, on the Browns. He's looked great. He was actually great in college, and he has some rushing ability. Um, I think there's a lot of upside there. If, Watson goes down. I actually think he will be a very, very strong starting option. Um, anyone in a pinch there. Um, but finally, I mean, I can't I can't leave out my Giants. Like, Daniel Jones looks awesome. He looks like he might be taking the next step. Uh, Darren Waller looks like a an elite tight end who, who's going to lead uh, the team in targets and is Daniel Jones' favorite target. Jalen Hyatt, who I, I had mixed feelings at the draft. I... Uh, I know the, the the thing on him was that he wasn't a great route runner, but he's been looking like he's putting a lot of work there. And he was the best wide receiver in all of college football last year. Like everyone loves Jordan Addison because he was the best wide receiver in all of college football two years ago. But Hyatt seems to get this discount. And Hyatt, like, who cares about his route tree? He's always like like five yards away from the defender, seemingly. That speed is translating. He has – I don't want to say he's Tyreek, but he has some plays that make him look like he has that type of separation there. So I'm very, very excited about the Giants overall in that offense. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people and potentially improve upon last year. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on the Giants, and I know you know maybe some of our listeners are interested in uh, my take on the Javante Williams situation and honestly i'm pretty impressed with it as well i think that as somebody who um was a javante williams owner and keeper last year um traded him away in the middle of the season but early in the season right it was a lot of his work in the passing game that was generating a ton of his value right like he wasn't i mean he he had run like some pretty solid runs but he was also getting targeted like seven, eight, nine times a game. So even if he he's slow to get back to full burst and full speed from a running perspective, if he's going to be out there getting, you know, six, seven, eight targets a game, he's he's going to have value right from square one, right? So like even if he's only averaging three or four yards a carry, and that still needs to ramp up. Um, you know, if they're if he's going to be getting the, the same targets he was getting early season last year, then he will be uh, a very very valuable back. So have to have to just say that. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think most people's expectations was he would hopefully improve, but it would be like maybe back half of the season. The fact that he's on the field, yes, he still has to get up the game speed. He'll he'll be potentially on a pitch count, but 
the timing of that ramp up has been accelerated. Like you can potentially see him at full speed after the first month of the season, which I don't think anyone's expectations truly were even a month ago. Potentially. 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 But we'll but it's it's in play now. It wasn't really in the realm of possibility yes. before. No, I agree. I, I, agree. Yep. I agree. But I mean that's just an example of a player's value increasing, which leads me as a segue into the next <laughs> uh, next segment that we have. Uh it's our dynasty, our dynasty stock advice. So first want to start off, all three of us come from finance backgrounds. Um, so it's, it's hard for me, at least, not to view fantasy through the lens of treating players kind of like stocks. Um, you have your blue chip stocks, the players who are reliable, high in assets, and they are the foundation of your portfolio or, or your team. Uh, they have very little downside risk, and they will continue to provide value year after year. Um, and the more of these stocks that you own in your portfolio or on your team, the better off you are. The issue is these type of players, these blue chip players, they are uh, incredibly hard to come by. Um, and the price to actually acquire one of these makes it even harder to do so because sometimes they're astronomical and you can't ever get a deal done. But in Dynasty, uh, where I've seen the real savvy players uh, see their teams improve or, or make those profits is by identifying cheaper undervalued assets that are about to skyrocket in value getting in earlier or, or identifying an asset that the market still identifies that has a lot of value, but you see the flaws in them and you either like short sell them earlier, like subprime mortgages and the big short. Um, oftentimes, these aren't even like massive blockbuster trades you have to do to, to improve your roster. Um, these are more like seemingly low end cheap trades. and But when you hit on these, on these calls that you've made, this is when you see your team's value skyrocket. Um, just an example in another dynasty league I was in last year in the off season, middle of the summer. Um, I really believed in Ramondre Stevenson. I, I, I saw the path forward. There's flashes of highlights uh, the year before. Um, so I thought there was potential for him to be someone special. And I had Chase Claypool on my team who people still viewed at that time as an extremely exciting young wide receiver who had top 20 potential. I personally didn't because I owned him and I saw like this guy just is not getting getting it done. Yes, he's big, strong, and physical, but I just didn't see him becoming anything special. So I actually at the time was able to flip Chase Claypool and Moali Cox for Ramondre Stevenson and a third round rookie pick. This was just over a year ago from today. So that obviously worked out very well for me. I have a lot of misses as well, so. <laughs> don't think I hit on all this, but that was just an example of I saw a Claypool of something that I think the market was too high on, but for Madre, who I thought the market was too low on. Also, I should say, apparently um, the Bears also thought Claypool was really high as they gave up the 32nd overall pick for him. So obviously a lot of people viewed him pretty highly. But with that in, I want to kind of toss it to my co-host to see some players maybe they think are a buy or sell uh, going forward. So Joey, why don't you throw us one of your players in and hold us in suspense on if he's your buyer yourself. Yeah, so I will talk about um, an ex-New York Jet who has changed teams in the offseason, and it's actually going to be, well, not really too much suspense, but this is going to be my buy, and it's going to be Elijah Moore. Who buy, buy, buy! I was a... <laughs> who I was a huge fan of while he was on the Jets. And if you look at the numbers that he put up his rookie year, it took him a little while to get going, and he was hurt towards the end of the season. But between week eight and week 13, he graded out 
um, as the number five wide receiver per PFF, um, sixth in receiving yards, tied for first in touchdowns over that stretch. And what was what was the most surprising to me was uh, fourth in passer rating when targeted. And obviously, we know the Jets are had no stellar option at the quarterback position during that time. So I, you know, heading into his sophomore campaign, even though the Jets added Garrett Wilson, if you remember back to last year's draft season, it was people were still drafting Elijah Moore ahead of Garrett Wilson last year. Garrett Wilson was a sixth, seventh, eighth round pick. Um, and it's not a dig on Garrett Wilson at all. I just think that Elijah fell out of favor with the Jets, and um, he's a, a very talented player, and he he finds himself in a situation now with um, a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who, albeit is trying to have a little bit of a bounce back himself, um, he's definitely stronger than any of the options that the Jets would have had over the last I don't know how many seasons. So for me, um, Elijah Moore is my is my is my primary buy at this point. Um, if if you want to talk about guys that are slightly um, less of a deep cut than Elijah, uh, honorable mention for me. Maybe a little bit more, I guess, obvious if you want to call it that, but. Um, I'm very high and I'm looking to buy shares in Devonta Smith going into this season. I just think that what I saw from him towards the middle end of last season into the playoffs, um, just from a targets, average depth of target, um, you know, I just think that it wouldn't surprise me at all going into this year if, I mean, A.J. Brown last year, obviously almost 1,500 receiving yards, um, it's it's tough to, um, you know, divvy up the targets in that offense. But uh, if you look at the, the previous seasons, um, AJ had some, some struggle staying on the field. He played 13 games in 21, 14 games in 20, um, had less receiving yards in his 19, 20, and 21 season than Devontae Smith had in last year's 22 season. So I just think that Devonta Smith, going into this year is another one who I would not be surprised if headed into next year, he was being drafted at or around the same place as AJ Brown and some of these other top tier uh, wide receivers. That's that's a good one. I I agree with both of those. I I know Joe, you and I made a point to acquire Elijah Elijah Moore in one of our dynasty leagues that we co-managed together. Uh, got him on the cheap, so we feel pretty good about that one. And he's been getting some good hype. Rye, why don't you toss us to about one of your buys or sells? Yeah, so I tried to pick a player that isn't obvious to get people thinking and mix it up a little bit. So I'll start, you know, to be clear, I think this guy is a very good wide receiver. I think he'll have an awesome year, and I'm a believer but there is a case to be made that it's time to short sell Garrett Wilson. Sell, sell, sell. And my concern is he's already considered what you were talking about earlier, Dave, a blue chip stock. I just can't imagine his stock going any higher. If you look on keep trade cut, he's, a, he's literally the number three wide receiver with, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase. He finished as the wide receiver 30 last year. So to me, there's a ton of built in, 
value based on the fact that he now has Rodgers as his QB, but Rodgers, you know, a year or two left, maybe then who's his quarterback? We don't really know. So I always get nervous when a player's value is building in something that hasn't actually Mm -hmm. happened yet. So definitely think he's going to have an awesome year and completely understand having him on your team. But if you're looking at dynasty and looking long-term, he's someone you could get crazy value for right now, even though, you know, his best season is a wide receiver 30 finish. Yeah. I mean, I get it. There's a lot of hype around Garrett Wilson. I'd love to acquire him, but at the same time too, when it comes to selling players, if you can get better value and it, and I agree, Garrett Wilson at wide receiver three is a little high right now uh, to buy into that. Um, I I think you could probably make a pretty solid profit on that. You could probably get like another wide receiver one and and plus, and that could potentially be worth it. Yeah, and that, that's my thing. You can't you you can't possibly ask for more value than that right now. And and if he starts this season and he doesn't have this crazy start to the season with Rodgers, his value could start to decline pretty quickly from wide receiver three, you know, until like, you know, 10 or something like that. So it, it certainly can't really go up his value. Yeah, exactly. The other thing too, is the hard knocks bump is a real thing. People always get hyped about any of the players who are on the team that is uh, featured in hard knocks. So uh, that's probably another thing boosting his value a bit. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you give us one of yours, Dave? Yeah. So, I mean, this next guy I'm going to talk about, he, he's a wide receiver. He's 24.6 years old, tied to an elite quarterback, finishes the wide receiver 17 last year. I'm talking about Mr. T himself, T Higgins, who is my sell, sell, sell. So uh, this may be a little bit spicy, uh, but he is pretty universally regarded as a back end wide receiver one in Dynasty and even a fringy wide receiver one this current year. And honestly, I just can't buy into it. First off, the obvious for the rest of his career in Cincy, which we, many are expecting him to sign an extension, uh, a long-term extension, at the end of this uh, this season. He's always going to be the wide receiver, too, on his team. Granted, with Burrow and no money to build a strong defense going forward, it's not the worst situation because they will be passing a lot. But still, that caps his value, in my opinion. In the 11 games last year with Chase, he, was, he averaged as the wide receiver 54. And to give a medium to get rid of the outliers, he was a wide receiver 31. And three se- separate finishes, he, outside, uh, he finished outside of the top 75 wide receivers. And often, sometimes due to injury, but that actually, if you watch how he plays, it's kind of a part of his game. Um, in the four games without Chase, he was solid. He was the wide receiver 24, 23, and even finished as the four and six. But unfortunately, that's not what his future in Cincy is going to be. He's going to be behind Chase for the rest of his career if he signs there. He uh, isn't a volume receiver. He's a deep ball guy, and he barely eclipses the 1,000-yard mark. Um, and for just being a jump ball 50-50 wide receiver that you usually expect to have a lot of red zone targets – He's not really been a big TD guy. These are his stats in his three-year career so far. In 2020, he had 107 targets for 67 receptions, 908 yards, and six touchdowns. 2021, 110 targets, 74 receptions, 1,091 yards, and six touchdowns. 2022, eerily similar, 
110 targets and 74 receptions, same as the last year, for 1,029 yards and seven touchdowns. I honestly do not see the difference between T. Higgins and a slightly younger Mike Williams. Mike Williams was also get, given the hype at one point of being a top 10, a top 10, top 12 wide receiver. Never really got there long term in Dynasty, and I don't see the same ever happening for T. Higgins. At best, I see him being a at his peak, a middle tier wide receiver two for a few years. Maybe he has one outlier year for touchdowns that boosts his value, but that's not something you're going to be able to depend on. But right now, you can cash in on that wide receiver one value, and I think you'll benefit from it. So, again, T. Higgins, my... Sell, sell, sell! Yeah, I agree with everything he said there. But the comparison against Mike Williams, I, I would refute a little bit. I mean... The stats would not. <laughs> Mike, Williams, Mike Williams has had as many uh, total receptions and yards as T. Higgins. So, T. Higgins' three-year career, Mike Williams... Six-year career, Mike Williams in six years has had as many receptions as uh, T. Higgins' worst year, right? So his worst year was 67. Mike Williams eclipsed 67 receiving yards one time, and T. But Higgins' Mike worst. Mike Williams also had a nine-year, a nine-touchdown year, and a ten-touchdown year. Right. Well, right. And that's but the best case scenario also, for T. Higgins. He also had a zero-touchdown <laughs> year, a two-touchdown year. I mean, if we're just talking about like, I, 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 I understand the logic of. T. Higgins being uh, more of a jump ball guy, but he's also like a big presence over the middle down the field. Uh, that I would say Mike Williams is more of a like a strictly vertical threat, whereas T. Higgins. I mean, I like if we think about uh, his his over the, his over the middle like crossing route um, participation is to me. I mean, again, this is just an objective take based on like the eye test, which uh, you're not really ever supposed to just <coughs> believe the old eye test. But um, yeah, I would say from like just from a, a route participation perspective, T. Higgins is a little more of an over the middle threat than just I, vertical. I'll, I'll, the one thing I agree, I th- I'm not saying T. Higgins is not good. I'm saying his role in the Cincinnati being tied there, he'll never be better than from a fantasy perspective what you got out of Mike Williams. If he went somewhere else and he was the alpha, I think he could. But I don't see that because Jamar Chase is the TD guy. Jamar Chase has, what, 25 touchdowns in two years already? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't disagree Higgins with the take on T. Higgins, for sure. I mean, I think that his perceived value in the market is higher than his actual value. Um I just take exception with comparing him to Mike Williams because Mike Williams, Mike Williams kind of was, stinks. He, and he, stinks now, Mike, but he was a wide Mike receiver, Williams, top twelve wide receiver in Dynasty for a bit. Yeah, was what, I, I would be curious to know. We don't have to look this up now, but like, what was his highest ADP ever in a in, was, a, redra- in a redraft year? There's no way he was ever his ADP was ever higher than the fourth or fifth round. And T. Higgins is the second or third round pick this year. There was a year in season, people were counting on him as like a top five wide receiver. People were going crazy. For a very fleeting moment. Yes, I remember. Yes, <laughs> it happens. I'll I tell you, remember. Mike Williams it was, was the, a hot thing. It was the beginning <laughs> of not last season, but the season before. <laughs> because I remember yeah. thinking like, oh, I guess Mike Williams is a thing. But people wanted him to be that. And so that's why they jumped on once they started seeing it. It's like, finally, he's doing what we thought he'd do. And yeah. I think people have the same concept for T. Higgins. Like, 
And I don't ever think he's going to get there is what I'm saying. So just to jump in here, this is random, but I'm in a, a different league with Dave, a redraft league. Mike Williams went in the third round last year. Boom. So. <laughs> All right. That's he a was, ten, was up ten teamer was too. Up ten teamer. Yeah, this is a ten team league too. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Joe, give us your. Well, you gave us your buy, so give us your suspenseful sell. Yeah. So my sell, and hold on, let me uh, let me just wet the whistle with some IPA before. <laughs> so my sell, I mean, this might be a little bit of a hot take. It might not be that much of a hot take because actually looking closer, he wasn't drafted until the one, two, three, four, five, oh, one in our dynasty startup. But for me, it's Derrick Henry. I just think that he's sell, sell, sell. Yeah. Big time let me sell. use a drop, man. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I got I to pause for the drop. So I'll, I'll frame up my thoughts. From first of all, from a dynasty perspective, I just think that you're not really getting um, the longevity at this point from a, a position that's historically fleeting in terms of productivity, right? So Derrick Henry, if you look at his attempts from so obviously like the first couple of years, there was some uh, delusion on, amongst the coaching staff in terms of uh, Who's still going to be who's going to be getting the carries over there? But if you look, if you go from 2018, 215 attempts, 216, 303 attempts, 378 attempts, 219 attempts, and that's only in eight games, right? So like his 16 game pace of attempts in 2021 was like almost 450 attempts, and then last year 350 attempts. Um, I understand he has a body that is built for this type of punishment, but I just don't think that any any. Uh, if you look at, I, I I pulled up the career rushing attempts, and on the career list of, uh, uh, there's only maybe twenty or thirty backs in the history of the league who have ever rushed more than two thousand times total. And I just think that at a certain point, Derrick Henry is going to be at the cliff. Right now, he's at 1,750 attempts for his career. Um, so maybe, maybe if his body holds up this year and you get another two or 300 attempt season. Um, from a dynasty perspective, there are a couple guys that went after Henry who I would much rather have from a longevity standpoint. Um Javante Williams, good example, obviously coming back from an injury, which is why he went after Henry. But still, uh, Javante Williams is interesting to me. Um, Aaron Jones, James Cook, uh, David Montgomery. These are guys who I think that you can get another two, three years out of. And um, I just don't necessarily feel that. If if we're if you're playing the the probability and statistics, uh, not to mention if you look at the team's actions, they drafted Ty J Spears, who, um, you know, mentioned him on a previous pod, and he's already kind of getting a little bit of hype in the preseason. He's had some some very impressive runs. Uh, some of his, uh, you know, like the preseason runs that you see those viral clips that are going around on the Twitter or the X sphere. Uh, Ty J probably had the most impressive one yet. I mean, like literally you should see this cut. If you guys haven't seen it, check it I mean, out. He leaped over defender as well. Yeah, just insane. He's a great back. 
and I, I just wouldn't be totally surprised to see Derrick Henry start to lose his step and to see more in the near term, the young explosive Spears getting um, getting involved. So for me personally, especially in redraft where Derrick Henry's getting drafted in the second round, um, that is not a position where I I personally would be looking to invest in somebody who has that much mileage on the on the on the register. Yeah, don't agree. Uh, don't disagree there. Uh, Tajir Spears is really making ACLs look overrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the the one thing uh, I thought was funny, you said uh, his body taking punishment. I I don't know if he's the one taking the punishment when he's getting tackled. I feel like it's off <laughs> the defender. Yeah. I don't know at what point it will ever not hurt to tackle Derrick Henry, but I do like. It's he, just he has his to be a style major of running. His yeah. style of running to me is he needs to get up to speed, and yes. once he gets up to speed, he's impossible. Well, not impossible to bring down, but you have to be willing to kind of sacrifice your body to bring him down. The, I just the defense feel like, has to be tired too. It's, he's right. a like, much better second half player. The length of time that it takes him to get up to that full speed is going to naturally to extend, increase. Yeah, you're right. 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 So that's kind of where, you know, like when he first joined the league, I, I I had my skepticism that he would ever be anything. And he's obviously proven me wrong, you know, ninefold over the last just four a little five bit. seasons. Right. But this is the kind of point in time where I'm like, all right, you know, that that type of running has to catch up with you eventually. And Joe's like, I'm going to be right now. I think that it's happening this year, and that's where I'm putting my money now. There's also just a huge change with running backs in the league right now. I mean, they're barely making it a couple of years, and teams are moving on. So uh, he eventually he's going to get moved on from. And like oh, you yeah. said, I mean, it's he's be on sooner. his last contract, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll get a cheap one, but. Yeah, he's, he's he this he's his uh, days of being a feature back are numbered, but who who knows? Maybe he had another season or not. But it's definitely you know the cliff is coming. Yeah. But uh, Rye Dogs, why don't you uh, toss us with your uh, your next player? Yeah. So I picked a guy who uh, I think his stock can't possibly go lower. Uh, he Trey had Lance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his, his could go lower. Uh, <laughs> No, my guy had exactly one catch the entire 2022 season. He's out the first six games of this year. He already pulled a hamstring and missed the rest of preseason this year. Everything that could go wrong has. uh, So my buy now is Jamison Williams. Where's where's my uh, sound clip, Dave? You're right. Hold on. (laughs) Bye, bye, bye. There we go. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, I almost clicked sell, so sell, because I have an opposite view. (laughs) I know you do. I was like, yeah, wrong one. (laughs) So obviously, Sean and I just bought him. Um, But, you know, like I said, I don't think his stock can possibly go lower. If he comes back week seven and he even just catches a few passes, his ADP has to go up. Um, You know, people have already moved on from him. you know, he had great draft capital. He's considered extremely talented. Obviously a disaster start uh, to his career, but, you know, anything can happen. So I feel like he's someone you can buy for super, super cheap right now. And 
you know, if it works out, you could potentially have a, a really good wide receiver uh, for the next couple of years. He's super, super young. I think he's, what, isn't he like literally 22 years old or something? Um, so that's my buy now. Um, obviously a homer pick. I'm hoping it works out for us. I think you can even get him for less than what we paid, to be honest. So uh, he's someone I would recommend if you need a wide receiver, you could take a chance on. Yeah, uh, so I I do disagree. Um, I, I do think his value can go down because I, I have a hard time believing he's going to be able to stay on the field or be, a, or be be able to stay focused, and he's not a volume receiver. Um, so I And he also yeah. doesn't show to have the greatest hand. So if he's not making these long catches, then he's just not going to provide value. And he – does have in dynasty a lot. He does carry a decent amount of value. redraft. Definitely not, but I do think uh, in dynasty he holds a lot of value. Personally, I would be trying to sell him while the hype is still somewhat there. Um, that that's where I would say the hype is already kind of gone, though. And a lot of what you're saying is already built in. He's he's number ninety one on keep trade cut right now, um, and like I said, he is twenty two point three years old, so he's young. So. I don't know. I feel like if he comes back week seven and he just even has a decent couple games, his ADP will really shoot up. All right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in, so I've been in on uh, Jameson Williams in the beginning. I, 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 I love his athleticism. I love his speed. Um, his college production profile kind of speaks for itself. The times that he was on the field last year, he showed immediate flashes. Uh, so I just think that if it was, and it's not like it's not like him being out was, um, you know, it, it doesn't strike. He doesn't strike me as a guy who whose um, whose body's betraying him or is or is quite identifying as injury prone just yet. He's losing games this year just for. You know, I mean, going doesn't he have a hammy boy. issue already? Oh, yeah, but you know, he's got <laughs> six weeks minor, minor. Yeah. I'm just saying these th- these injuries are starting to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be looking to buy. I- I'm with you, Brian. I think I think that I've seen from what I saw from him in college and from what he immediately showed the times he was on the field last year. Uh, I'm still pretty excited about the prospects. That's why it is a nice sell because you can get a lot of value from him. <laughs> um, well, that will take me to my last player. Um, so personally, I love buying cheap running backs in Dynasty. I think there's a lot of value there. Um, wide receivers, they have a longer lifespan. Obviously, uh, regular football NFL is catching up to this. But it, uh, if you can get a running back for cheap and they there's a lot of times these running backs back and running kind of explode into value later in their careers when they get an opportunity. That's when your team can really take the next level. Um, so there's usually perceived lower values on these backup running backs. Um, but the one backup who I think has a lot of potential and could really skyrocket soon is uh, Jalen Warren. Bye, bye, bye! So he, he has been starting to get some hype this uh, preseason. So like, his price has gone definitely has gone up than it was maybe a month or so ago, but I still think he's a value and someone you can still acquire relatively cheap, and he can have massive returns. 
Last year on 77 attempts, he averaged about 4.9 yards per carry. Obviously small sample size, but five yards per carry is an elite mark and that you hopefully can look for. So granted, small sample size, but he's right at there. And that's that shows a very um, explosive electric player. He also, in a part-time role last year, showed that he was a very good receiver. He got 33 targets and caught 28 of them for an average of 7.0 yards per catch. This is a backup running back who got that uh, in that role. And Najee Harris, who's also known as a good receiving running back, still seeded uh, 28 catches to uh, Warren. This preseason, he already showed his electricity. He in one carry in the starting game. He had a 60-plus yard touchdown run. And Najee Harris, I still believe 100% he's the lead back, and he's going to get his work. But they are definitely going to start lightening his load. And the Steelers, even last year we were mentioning, they love Warren. And I think even without Najee getting hurt or anything, he's going to be a solid flex standalone value. But Najee is also often gets dinged up. He was an older prospect coming out of college. He's already 25 and a half years old, and he has proven to not really be an efficient runner. He's more of a volume player. Um, so it's very like a high likelihood that Najee could get hurt and then Warren would blow up for value. Najee is also going to be in his year 26, uh, season, uh, his 26 years, uh, year old going to next season in his fourth year of his rookie contract. They do have a fifth year option on him because he was in the first round and they could maybe exercise that, but that would be his then 27 year old, uh, season going, uh, at that point. And we've seen, at that point, that is around the cliff, and they're not likely going to extend beyond that. Jalen Warren is currently 24. I could see a very similar path for Warren that Tony Pollard just got. Tony Pollard is now 26 at that time. when If they get rid of Najee Harris, Warren would be 26, and he has a lot of the same traits. He's very electric, has a lot of yards per carry. Uh, he gets good in the receiving game. So I could see him blowing up into that high-end wider, uh, running back one later in his career, in a couple of years from now. But you can acquire him right now, potentially for a third in certain leagues. Now that I'm saying this, I know Joey is not going to sell him for a third, but maybe a second, or maybe you can sell him for a wide receiver in your bench who has a lot of upside. Maybe someone like a Sky Moore or something, for, or even someone less, like a Nico Collins for a Warren. I think that'd be a very worthwhile move to be making. So that is my... Bye, bye, bye! Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> so those were our uh, buys and sells. Um, other bonus ones, just to give you tidbits. Uh, I I do actually think uh, Michael Pittman is a good buy because his value seems to be very low. He, he does have a lot of talent. I don't think he's going to have a great year this year, so I don't think you have to rush to get him. I think he's going to be maybe wide receivers uh, three this year, but I think his value will improve. Someone else I'd look in. Myself, won't get into it a ton. He's already hurt, though, in this so for Jared Judy, everyone loves him. A lot of hype there. Uh, I think he's a little overrated. He's not. I don't think he's good a, a route runner as people think. But just as, as a bonus for for the listeners out there, I don't know if you guys have any bonus ones you want to throw out there. I know Joe, you threw out one earlier. Yeah, I would say it's hard for uh, Michael Pittman to produce if uh, his quarterback can't make accurate throws. So we'll see what Anthony Richardson's arm looks like once we get out onto the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting much this year. That's why I think he's a great <laughs> buy because I think he's valid. But I think Anthony Richardson will develop uh, personally. Yeah. So, like, that's why I think you can get him this year knowing that future years he will be better. Yep. 
Um, with that, we have a, a new segment that came from our very own Ryan Wilkinson, but that we're very, very much excited about. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it over him to let him run with this one. Yeah, so we're gonna do something a little different here. We're gonna finish this episode with what we are calling a dud draft. I'm pretty excited for this. I think it's going to be pretty fun and a whole new way to look at things and signal out some guys we're low on. I'm going to explain the rules, but the overall objective is to draft a team that scores the least amount of points as possible from weeks 1 to 14 of the regular season. So pretty much the complete opposite of a normal redraft. That means things like suspensions are a plus, bye weeks are great, Injuries are technically a good thing, although I would never wish an injury on anyone. You're looking for players that won't put up a lot of points. For our dud draft, we're going to use the exact same rules as our Dynasty League. You all know the rules by now. If you don't, Dave did a great job explaining them in episode one. So go give it a listen. It's on our Spotify page. (laughs) So the rules, the catch is that you can't just pick 10 random guys that won't ever see the field. You have to select one guy that was picked in each of the first 10 rounds of our league's startup draft. So we're going to look at the 12 guys that were selected in round one. We each need to pick one of those guys to be on our dud team. Then we'll look at round two. The players that were selected in round two will pick one of those guys. And we'll move from round three all the way to round 10. We're stopping at round 10 because we're not going to draft a bench. We're only going to draft a starting lineup. So think best ball, but this is worst ball. And your roster at the end does have to be a complete starting lineup. So you have to have one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end. You have three flex spots and one super flex spot. There'll be no replacements, no changes to your lineup once the draft is over. And we'll use, you know, the sleeper score just like we're going to use in our, our actual league. So everyone can pick the same player. I want all of us, including you listeners, to make the worst team you possibly can. So don't have to worry about what someone else picks. And we will be tracking it throughout the season. So have fun with us. Put together a dud team. Send it our way. And we'll track the progress on a spreadsheet so everyone can see. Also, yeah, yeah, I was also going to say, feel free to uh, pick which of our teams you want to kind of hit your ride onto because as well, because we'll make a friendly wager here, right? There's going to be some stakes involved. We haven't exactly determined what the stakes are going to be, but um, I feel pretty confident about my selection. So whatever (laughs) you guys want to go with, let's let's, uh, let's make it interesting and we'll see if we can get the league to if everybody kind of like has to, like you said pitch to one of our three wagons and uh you know put some money up then the, the winning the winning side will take all the spoils yeah i think it's a great idea i think we should decide it now before we announce the teams and get to round one so what are you guys thinking i mean 50 100 i was saying should, is it going to be cash or should it be the gallon of milk uh no, it's too cash. <laughs> <laughs> we could do milk if you want. It's just hard to pay out the milk to multiple people, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we, could, we could throw some cash. All right, we'll throw it. some cash on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> I, I do hope my uh, my dud draft scoring is better than my golf scores because uh, if not, I'm going to score real high. <laughs> 
I think fifty is reasonable. Fifty is a reasonable number. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and, and, and mid-season, if we want to throw something else on top of it to make it more fun too, like yeah. something that we can video and uh, you know put out on the socials. Uh, if anybody wants to get involved, yeah, then you know, however many people join up on the opposing sides is uh, how much more profit the winning side will get. All right, I'm into it. Love it. All right. Well, now that that's in place, let's look at round one. So, again, one guy from each round. Got to draft a full starting lineup. Well, want to give us the first initial launch of the Dud Draft, Ryan. Give us us, welcome to. Welcome to the NSFW Dud Draft. All right. (laughs) Perfect. I got to use the drop, guys. (laughs) All right, so first I'll go through the guys that were drafted in round one, and then we'll each talk about who we picked. So round one, we'll go through pretty quick here, I think. But uh, we had Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, and Kyler Murray. So I'll start round one. You know, news came out today that Kyler Murray may not even play this season, so I think it's an easy pick for a dud draft team. I'm going to slide Kyler Murray into my QB spot. Dave, what are you thinking? Ditto. <laughs> yeah. And Joe, he he was your pick, so how are you feeling about this? Yeah, no, we're absolutely going Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> when there's money in the line, Joe is... Like if we're talking about like the next three years, four years, even, even, even next year's season, uh, I'll water or milk bet Kyler Murray against any quarterback, especially any third string Dallas Cowboys quarterback that you guys want in terms of <laughs> fantasy points or, or touchdowns thrown. But for this year, Kyler is not who you want to be. Would you have drafted years. Kyler in the first round if you knew this? Yeah, 100%. That's interesting. I, I, have my, I, I have my <laughs> concerns. No, I mean, I, I, I think it's on record, right? Like, I had my concerns that he might not play this season at all. That was kind of why I made a move to draft. I actually traded up to get Matthew Stafford because I was kind of like, you know what? I better make sure that I ensure Kyler Murray just in case he doesn't play this year. The Caleb Williams hype around Arizona was drumming up quite early on. And. Quite frankly, I just like – I mean, I could talk all day about Kyler Murray. I don't think he's great, but I also think that Cliff Kingsbury is just one of the most underqualified and unjustified head coaches and offensive minds in the history of the National Football League. There's been a lot of bad coaches. I don't know. And the fact that he's the one who Kyler had his, uh, you know, offensive schematics kind of uh, produced by for the first couple years of his career – and still managed to have a season with like 26 or 27 passing touchdowns and 11 or 12 rushing touchdowns. I think that he could, I mean, like the, the spectrum with Kyler is he could end up in probably not a worse situation that he was in for the last couple of years and was still great. Or if he ends up getting traded into to like a team like Washington or Minnesota or a lot of these teams that are like just you know, going to be in the need for a QB. So I think the future is bright for Kyler is kind of all that I'm going to say, but we'll see. So you're in on him in the future, but this year weeks 
one hundred percent of the season. We're all 100%. we're all in agreement there. They, mm-hmm. It looks like Arizona's got all the markings of a team that is coming in hot with the tank. Yeah. So. All right. Makes so sense. All right. We're aligned so we're, in, in round, round one. <laughs> round one, Kyler Murray. So round two, I'll read off the guys. We got Tyreek Hill, Amon St. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, Stefan Diggs, Brees Hall, Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Jalen Waddell, Deshaun Watson, C.D. Lamb, and Garrett Wilson. So Dave, why don't we throw it to you first here? Yeah, I mean, this might be a popular pick too. Obviously, a lot of news going out about this guy. Jonathan Taylor, um, not sure how much he's going to play. I also don't know how healthy he is either. So... Uh, and the, so, like, combine his dispute with the team, maybe he gets traded and maybe he's not healthy. I, there's a lot of good names on this list, but he's the one that has the most question marks. I'm going to go with him. Joe? Yeah, so I think I had him as a uh, bus pick a couple weeks ago. I, I'm going to go with Brees Hall, and not because I'm not in on the talent, but I just think that coming back from the injury now with – Dalvin Cook in that backfield, I'm just not 100% sure that comparative to, I mean, you know, injuries aside, right? Like, I, assuming all all 12 of these guys stay healthy, you know, we'll see what happens with Jonathan Taylor. I'm not totally convinced that he gets traded and maybe he makes his way out there and he's on the field by week two or week three. And then I think you've got a couple weeks of him putting up potentially – you know, like full workload numbers comparative to Brees, who's going to be coming back from an injury, potentially yielding goal line and receiving back work to Dalvin. So I'm going to go with Brees Hall for my Yeah, and I'm actually on Joe's side. So I went with Brees Hall, um, obviously, with signing Dalvin Cook. I think we're going to take it slow with him. And on top of that, even if he's at full strength, I'm with Joe. I think Cook does impact his workload a little bit. So you know, Jonathan Taylor, I get it. I I still think he ends up having a decent season, but we'll see. So there's our first difference, and uh, we'll see how it turns I, out. I will say Brees Hall was my backup pick. I thought you guys would go because even if he somehow stays with the Colts, with Anthony, Anthony Richardson, I think it takes away carries. But we'll, yeah. we'll see how this yeah, first I don't, I don't yeah, disagree. No. I don't think he's going to have a good season, but yeah. All right, so we'll move to round three. We got T. Higgins, Saquon Barkley, Olave, Walker, Cup, Kyle Pitts, Tua, Devontae Smith, ETN, Mark Andrews, Adams, and Metcalf. Joe, why don't we start with you this time? Yeah, so tough one here for me. I, I gut reaction is is to want to go with Tua, but Obviously, we can only choose two quarterbacks given the roster limitations. And I know you got one. (laughs) Trey Lance in round six. So I obviously can't go two week here despite my concerns about his ability to stay on the field. I am actually in round three. I was very, very, just full disclosure, right? Just so you can see, you know, for me, it, it very much came down to Kyle Pitts versus Travis Etienne. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm actually gonna go out. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick with Kyle Pitts. Um, I think that I, as much as I really I want to go with Travis Etienne, I have concerns about his durability. He's a small guy. Uh, a lot of his productivity last year was on big plays. They drafted Tank Bigsby, who I think is going to have an increasing role, and seems like based on the hype, he's gonna have an increasing role as the season goes on. He'll probably get 
inside the, you know, 20 and 10 yard line work. Um, and Travis Etienne confusingly is still not as active in the passing game as he was in college. Uh, I'm going to go. He's scared, of, he's scared of passing, catching passes. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, like he doesn't he's want to get hit. He's on record of saying I would, that. I wouldn't want to get hit either. He's very, very small. <laughs> yeah. <But> I, <laughs> I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts only because, again, I've had similar concerns about Drake London, and we might actually be having a similar conversation in the next round where I'm just not 100% sure that Arizona uh, – Arizona, that Atlanta is going to throw the ball enough uh, and have enough talent at the quarterback position to produce uh, meaningful points. So Kyle Pitts is my choice round three. Yeah. And I'll just step in because I also went Kyle Pitts. So I mentioned it on some of our other podcasts that I'm much lower on him than the consensus. So I'm sticking to it and uh, agree with everything Joe said there. Yeah. And honestly, I, I debated Kyle Pitts. I was like very torn. Kyle Pitts was one I was thinking about. Uh, the reason why I shifted away from Kyle Pitts is he, sh- he has shown to have a thousand uh, yard season in him. Obviously, no touch, like what one touchdown that year. But in our format with a uh, uh, tight end premium, even if he gets what like sixty receptions, that's going to be counting as a hundred and twenty receptions versus another wide receiver in there. So I, I figured there was more risk in going with uh, Pitts in case he does have a, even a, an improvement over the last year or, or something closer to his rookie year. So I, I pivoted away from him. Player I went with similar mentality as Joe broke down with the ETN, but Ken Walker is who's going to be my pick for this, um, mainly because of. Zach Charbonnet. They've also drafted another rookie, and I think Zach Charbonnet is going to be more of the receiving back, more of the goal line back. Um, Ken Walker dominated last year, 100%. He was great, but that was when he was the only show in town. Um, he was getting, I, I forgot the numbers, but I think it was like 70, 80% of the, like, the snaps and rushes at that point. I don't think he's going to be getting that. I don't think he's going to get all the high end value uh, touches uh, going forward. So, I think he's going to be more of like a back-end running back too, maybe. So I'm going to go with him. Also, I feel like he has uh, some injury potential too, just with the way he runs. So, um, yeah, go, go yeah, with I little Ken Walker. All right. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Moving on to round four. We have J.K. Dobbins, D.J. Moore, Najee Harris, Debo Samuel, T.J. Hawkinson, Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Nick Chubb, Daniel Jones, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, and Drake London. So I'll start this one. I I actually thought this round was pretty tough. I feel like there's, you know, pretty solid picks here. No one really, really stood out to me, but I decided to go with J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I think he's injury prone. He's already had two knee surgeries. I think he split some time with Edwards didn't receive a lot of receiving usage when he did play last year. So I don't think he has that good of an overall pick. And that was my pick for uh, around four. I see, I see some faces here. So Dave, let, let's hear it. Well, for one, I love J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I, know <laughs> I know I drafted him, but like I have him like in every league. I'm just like, I love J.K. Dobbins. Um, but Obviously, I didn't pick him. Uh, my uh, my pick is going to be Drake London, and Joe already alluded to it. A lot of the same reasons. Fully aware that the Atlanta passing offense is not the most prolific or voluminous, uh, if that's a word. I think it is. Um, so 
Drake Lennon, at best, I think this year is like a wide receiver three. I, I honestly wonder Kyle Pitts or Drake Lennon, one of them I think will be good. I don't think both will be. Uh, but my bet is going to be saying that Drake Lennon, who probably have tougher uh, defensive assignments, will be the one that actually suffers the most. While Kyle Pitts will probably have a maybe like a slot wide uh, slot corner or maybe a middle linebacker on him. So I think he'll get open more often. So I'm going with Drake London. Yeah. I'm fearful of a scenario where they're both like super, super touchdown dependent, mediocre three to six receptions for 40 to 70 yards every week. And if they score, then they're going to get you 10 to 16 fantasy points. And if they don't, then you're going to be stuck in the seven, eight range. So I'm not crazy about either. Drake London is my pick in this round as well. Um, I just think probability-wise, if you take out injuries, um, I think that an offense that's being quarterbacked by Desmond Ritter, who just drafted B. John Robinson, is probably going to give him you know, 50% of the touches on the offensive end. Um, it's hard to pass that up. Uh, I don't hate the Dobbins pick as a, I have Dobbins in another two leagues. Um, the vibes haven't been all that great. Not only is he coming back from injury, but he's also trying to get a contract. I think the same situation for Josh Jacobs. That was another one that I looked at a little bit here just because, you know, maybe just take a shot. And if that's a Jacobs risky does, shot, if, if Jacobs <laughs> decides to not report, which he already said he will, though. So, I mean, but yeah, but you know, where is he? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, it's hard to pass up the value of uh Drake London there. So, I'm, I'm with Dave, I'm gonna go Drake London. Yeah, makes sense. All right, moving on to round five, we have Derek Henry, Michael Pittman, DeAndre Swift, Pierce, Kittle. Sanders, Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, Christian Watson, Geno Smith, Javante Williams, and Brandon Ayuk. Why don't we start with Joe this round? Who are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, a couple weeks ago, uh, I might have been a little bit more tempted to go with the likes of Javante Williams here, but now, obviously, that will not be the direction that I'm Boom, going. Boom, shot the lock. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> He's like he's like honorable mention, but no, I mean, I'm gonna, uh, so I'm going with Michael Pittman. It was close for me between Michael Pittman and DeAndre Swift. I think those are the two that stick out, and maybe I won't even make my potential case for Swift because it wouldn't surprise me if one of my two compadres here was selecting Swift for Pittman. With me, I just think that. Um, I, you know, again, I'm not crazy about Anthony Richardson's accuracy in college as somebody who's wagered on him a trillion times and had to watch him frustratingly airmail guys downfield by 15 yards. I, I don't know that that gets fixed overnight. I think the athleticism is there. The rushing People ability. can change. All right. There's going to be some growing pains. I'm just not sure that, you know, Michael Pittman is going to be as reliable this year. I mean, if you couldn't get it done last year with more accurate quarterbacks, and I know – I'm actually going to go ahead and say that Matt Ryan was a more is a more accurate quarterback than Anthony Richardson. Honestly, the worst thing that could possibly happen would be if 
Richardson gets hurt and Gardner Minshew comes in there because Minshew can actually hit Pittman down the field and maybe that'll actually sway things in in the wrong direction for me here. But I I, I I'm gonna go with with Michael Pittman. I'll jump in. I took Pittman too. I alluded to it. Yeah. I think Pittman's gonna be back this year. Um, yeah, so I, did I, I love so. Anthony Richardson. I have him on my team. Um, I don't think Pittman's going to be great this year because Anthony Richardson's value is not tied directly to his accuracy. Um, and so, like, I can love Anthony Richardson. I think he will develop. And again, I, I mentioned the buy for next year and beyond, but this year I think will be rough for the Swift. That uh, just to speak to that, I agree. That was something that I, I looked at, but. The risk with Swift is that he can have blow up plays here and there. He could touch the ball five times a game, which I could easily see happen. But one of those maybe he takes to the house. I don't see Pittman taking many massive plays to the house. Just those style of his play, he's not kind of like that. He's kind of more of a possession guy. Uh, it'd be more like an Alex Pierce on the Colts, who'd be more of a like deep ball threat. So I feel like Pittman is safer as long as Anthony Richardson is the quarterback the whole season. I agree. Minshew will feed the rock to him. So uh, that that's the downside on that pick. But toss it to rock. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't need to expand much because I also went with Pittman. Um, and Swift was the other one I was thinking of. But I needed to fill my wide receiver slot when I was looking at all of the rounds. So I went with Pittman as well. So we can what move right that? on to round six. Yeah. The one, uh, this is fun. Stay with Swift. Um, it seems like over the last couple of weeks that Rashad Penny is the one that's falling a little bit more out of favor. That was kind of the reason why I was like a little bit gun shy to take Swift. I mean, there's definitely been Kenneth Gainwell hype. I, I mean, I still think DeAndre Swift is, is really good. I mean, he's had injury troubles, but if he's on the field, he'll play his way onto the field. Like if, between Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad Penny, and DeAndre Swift, there's no fucking way that DeAndre Swift is going to be the one who gets cut of those three. Like I, I, I just I refuse. Yeah, to I don't think that. Swift's getting cut, but I just don't. He's not. He's not scoring within twenty yards of the the end zone. No, no, that's why I'm like, but and, but that's and, risky. And, he's going to score yeah. from forty yards out. So I, right. yeah, yeah. which he did last year. So yeah. uh, they've got Boston Scott there as well. Yeah. So you know, it's impossible to figure out their backfield ever. Yeah. But I, I do think Swift will produce. Yeah. So looking at round six, we have McLaurin, Godwin, Ridley, Pickens, Judy, Burks, Pacheco, Williams, Fairmuth, Dotson, Lance, and Godert. Dave, you want to go first? Yeah, since uh, I already know what you're I already know who you're going, so I know. let's hear it. So um, I'm going with Jameson Williams. Um, I mean, you already know he's going to put up zeros for multiple weeks in a row. The only player in this round that's a hundred percent guaranteed to score zeros for six straight weeks. I want to just throw that out. There's no other player in this round that is a guarantee for six weeks. To just throw that out. Um, I, I I want Williams as well. You got to look at the suspension. Even if he goes berserk and has thirty points a game once he's back, it's still only average out to fifteen a game. So but I, I also don't I, think I he's gone. gonna go berserk when he comes back. I think oh, he, he's going berserk, Dave. He's going berserk. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, now I, I picked him as well. But Joe just. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm taking the, the fucking free square here. Trey Lance <laughs> is the only quarterback drafted in first 10 rounds of this startup that is not an actual starter. 
that is not guaranteed to be on the field. If Dak Prescott happens to stay healthy for 16 games, which you know what? Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But maybe he won't. He bank on injury. You know, assuming that, assuming full health, I will take my Trey Lance and hopefully. Joe, lock question in, for you. Lock in a solid zero. So we're, this goes to what, 14 weeks. So we're saying uh, you get eight weeks of uh, Jameson Williams, right? That's what we're saying. Eight weeks uh, of Jameson Williams. Eight no. weeks he'll play, yeah. Eight weeks. Six, out, eight oh, weeks. Oh, eight eight okay. weeks yeah. of Jameson Williams or four weeks of Trey Lance. Any four or? In that time, who do you think scores more points? Eight weeks of Jameson Williams or four weeks of Trey Lance? Easily eight weeks of Jameson Williams. I, I I would honestly go down as far as three, maybe two. I think Trey Lance scores more points than eight weeks of Jameson Williams. I feel like I'm smelling a side bet here. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Trey, Trey Lance has to actually play in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'm banking yeah. on injury. But I'm just saying, Dak does get injured. And I do think if Dak misses even two weeks, I think Trey Lance can score more points in eight weeks than Jameson Williams can. My my opinion is that there's a lot of shit that goes on in the NFL and evaluating talent that I don't understand that goes beyond my comprehension levels. And for Kyle Shanahan, who I think is a decent evaluator of talent, to be done with Trey Lance and to be choosing Sam Darnold, who fucking stinks as his backup quarterback yeah, over but, Trey Lance. Trey Lance must be terrible. So no, even so though like we had my, ex- my counter to that. Shanahan throws does not care about draft value and will throw people in the dog. He did it to Ayuk for a year. Ayuk is now good, but he did it to Ayuk. He's done it. How many third round running backs have they drafted and they just don't care about it and they cast it aside? Like they, they do not care about draft value in San Francisco. It's like it, that's why like Trey, this, this would never happen on another team other than San Francisco. This only would happen in San Francisco. They do not care about draft value in San Francisco. They drafted a kicker because they're like, we're good. We don't need to draft anyone else on this team. We're solid. We're gonna blow what what a fourth round pick on a kicker. San Francisco does not care about draft value. I think getting Trey Lance out of San Francisco is the best thing for his career. He's gonna get another chance. I promise you, he's gonna play games. I don't know if it's going to be this year. I'm hoping Dak – oh, I'm not saying hope Dak gets hurt. But if he gets hurt, I'm hoping he is the backup for if Dak gets hurt. Uh, but, who knows? But I feel like Jerry Jones is going to be like, Cooper Rush is not a sexy name. We want Trey Lance that sells tickets, and he's going to push for Trey Lance to play them. Um, but that's what I'm saying. San Francisco is just not good. And, like, he put people in the doghouse. And, like, I also think they killed his confidence. Ayuk was struggling then too. Fortunately, Ayuk got out of it. But, like – that was a first-round wide receiver, too. Everyone loved him. And he dominated his rookie year, and he still threw him in the doghouse. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, can happen. I, it's, tough. <laughs> it's a tough situation he's in. And honestly, I would love to see a game or two games or three games of Trey Lance playing not in a monsoon and, you know. Thank like, you. He hasn't had that opportunity. But you know where he's had that opportunity? in fucking practice for like three years in front of Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle was like, but you I'm can't trust Kyle Shanahan with him with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can't trust him. He throws people randomly in the doghouse. Does it make sense? <laughs> I think that, I think that he had a, enough time to evaluate the talent. And if he was willing to 
promote Sam Darnold to QB2 over him, then that's enough for me to think that he stinks. I, I think he just got Purdy. And don't get me wrong, Purdy did great. Purdy's really I think he, yeah. But I think Purdy is the better type of player for our system. Like, he, the running quarterbacks are not good for us. The nice, like, Jimmy Garoppolo was great for that system. Like, you want more of the guys who can do the West Coast short passing offense. That's not what Trey Lance is. He's got a big arm and he's a rushing quarterback. He's not meant for Shanahan's offense. So I think this was a way is like we figured we made a mistake. We did 100% made a mistake. Fortunately, we also got extremely lucky with Purdy. Let's just like make the move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to be interesting to see how uh, that turns out. But uh, we have some differences in round six. So <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's move to round seven. So round seven, we have Rashad White, Aaron Rodgers, Cooper, Kirk, Akers, Wilson, Brock Purdy, James Cook, Aaron Jones, Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Delvin Cook. And why don't we turn it over to Dave? I would like to pass and see what other people do first. Interesting. <laughs> why don't we turn it over to Joe? I'll jump in. So this was a tough one. They're it was a tough one. I agree. That's what I, I want to see what you guys do, and I want to pick, make sure I don't double up with you guys. Oh, what? <laughs> no changing. Oh, I, I just want variance. Oh. I don't want to pick the same player you guys picked. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, so me, I went with Cam Akers. Uh, so I'm not a Cam Akers guy. I, I just, I personally will side on the years and years and years of history of people coming back from Achilles injuries and not producing. And also years and years and years of running backs on bad offenses being tough for fantasy. And I'm not necessarily sure that the Rams are going to be a bad offense, you know, uh, in a vacuum, but they are definitely going to be a bad defense and they're going to lose a lot of games and they might even intentionally lose a lot of games. So I'm just not sure that Cam Akers on one Achilles tendon, you know, on the back of, um, I mean, a a great stretch that he put together towards the end of last season. I, I think it's a little bit smoke and mirrors, and I'm not betting on him to replicate that this year. So that, that's my choice. Yeah, and I have to say, I thought this was probably the hardest round overall. I don't know. I felt like most of the running backs and wide receivers were on a similar playing field here. Cam Akers was on my radar, but I didn't go with him. Might even sound crazy because I went with Brees Hall in round two, but I actually went with Dalvin Cook. I don't know. I just... You know, I'm, I'm concerned that I took both running backs because you would assume one of them has to produce a little bit, but I'm not feeling either with that round capital. So I went Delvin Cook um, and I, you know, I'm going with that. Dave? I, I'm happy I wait because Delvin Cook was my pick uh, initially, but I also knew this was a round two point run. There there were a lot of options here, and that's why I personally waited because I was like, I feel like I might have a, a duplicate here. So to create some like, additional variance, um, I'm going to build the variance I'm, to make the points back that you're losing with Trey Lance in round six. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, you know what? That was a perfect segue because I just nailed the perfect dud stack in Hollywood Brown. 
<laughs> if Kyler is not touching the ball this year, Hollywood is going to stink. Uh, you got uh, Clayton Toon. Uh, uh, you got Colt McCoy. They just got Joshua Dobbs, who was a converted wide receiver to quarterback, I believe. Like, give me Hollywood. I will gladly take him, knowing that he's going to get worse passes than Anthony Richardson will be tossing. So. <laughs> It's an interesting pick because he is the wide receiver one there. I completely get the logic if there's he no quarterback. A lot. <laughs> who's going to throw to him? He does get injured a lot. Was injured last year. Um, was not thinking you were going to pick him. So interesting. Well, I had Dalvin. That's why I was like, if yeah, yeah. anyone picks Dalvin, which I think someone might, I'm going to go Hollywood. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Dalvin. He, you know, he's he's interesting to me because I kind of feel like they're going to be a good offense, and when you have this guy who like they just. I, I could just I, I see the writing on the wall where like every time the Jets get inside the five, it's just like the first play is like the the halfback dive to Dalvin Cook. So he might score like seven or eight touchdowns this season. Just but even when Brees Hall is healthy, like he might just that that might just be his role. So it, yeah, it, no, I get it. I mean, someone has to, right? So you know, I I have Hall and Cook on my team. It might not be a, a great strategy, but. Um, I don't know. I didn't see anyone else in those rounds. Uh, all right. Round eight. We have Mike Williams. We have Camaro. We have Matt. We have Schultz. We have Garoppolo, Carr, Jordan Love, Goff, Pickett, Dylan, Montgomery, and Bateman. Dave, why don't you start this round? Yeah, I mean, this is where you're taking, I feel like a good time to take a tie then. Um, Cole Commit. <laughs> uh, I, I do have him in other dynasty leagues, but like in general, he's not, in my opinion, a high upside tight end option. At best, he's like tight end eight, which is like no better than tight end eighteen. <laughs> so it, when you get to that level, he's very. T- uh, it's a low passing offense with Justin Fields. He's touchdown dependent, so I feel like his ceiling is not very high. So I won't cold commit. Yeah, I went with him as well. Uh, it's. Tight end premium league, but I just still feel like there's no one else there that I would if he catches pick over more him. than 55 catches, I would be very yeah, good. yeah. And DJ Moore is there now, so uh, I don't think Fields makes that huge, huge Jalen Hurts pass jump, anyways. Uh, so yeah, I went with him as well, Joe. Yeah, so I, I went with AJ Dillon. Um, I didn't love what i saw from dylan last year owned him in a couple leagues his yards per carry were not great aaron jones is obviously there they figure to be a team that's going to be likely down ish more often than not i mean i don't know we'll see maybe jordan love will be better than we think but you know i'm i'm like weirdly not totally out on cole Komet. i think that well i mean like if you just kind of go with them if you just kind of follow the money like they just paid him and I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to use DJ Moore and maybe DJ Moore is going to attract more attention. And it's like, it's interesting that I think if Justin Fields takes the leap from as a passer that we're kind of like, everyone's hoping that he does, then I think Cole Komet's one of the main people that are going to benefit from that. Um, Just because the downfield type of passes will, will probably go to DJ Moore. Like, I, I don't know, like, Darnell Mooney is, you and, know, and Claypool. Remember, eh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but I just, I don't, I think, I think Cole Komet's going to be involved, and I think AJ Dillon, they'll try to involve him, but they're also going to be down a decent amount, and he's, 
he hasn't surpassed four yards per carry. He didn't surpass four yards per carry. It was like three eight last year or some shit like that. So I'm going as tough to do it to a Boston College guy, but uh, AJ Dillon is mine. I mean, I I I don't disagree. They got the money. I don't think Cole Commit will not be involved. I just don't think there's a big pie to be involved with it. Uh, so like literally a good year and I'm like a good year from Cole commit would be 55 catches, maybe 600 yards and six touchdowns. That's like the ceiling. I don't think, yeah. you know, like, but like, that's not that much better again than like the tight end 14 at that point. So when I'm trying to find my tight end, I'm trying to find someone whose ceiling cannot be high. And if his floor, he could score maybe 40 receptions for 400 yards and one touchdown. Like, so that's, that's where I'm thinking for him. I also know, feel pretty confident I know who Joe's next pick is. Uh, again, co-management Joe, I have some insight into who he's in and out on. Uh, I don't – oh, he didn't take a tight end, so maybe I don't know. But I do have one guy I think he's out on, but we'll see. I mean, I want to be surprised. Yeah. So, Joe, why don't you go first? Well, well before oh, we get to yeah. it, let's, let's go through the guys. So we got Tony, we got Waller. We got Smith Schuster, we got Jones, Robinson, Johnson, Engram, Joku, Davis, Stafford, Chig, and Dolchik. Joe? Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one for me. It, it actually was this to me, this is this is the what I would call the tight end glory zone here because between <laughs> yeah i think i'm Joku, right chica conquo and greg dulcich I, I i like i honestly don't even know who i dislike more between the three of them headed into the season. <laughs> yeah. and and chick and chick only gets mentioned because they added deandre hopkins before the deandre hopkins ad chick would not have been but included in Traylon that bunch, burks but, is hurt now yeah right i mean yeah I, i'm not and, and phillips Spoiler alert, we will not be going with Jay. Let's go. I, I like him the most of those three. But um, as much as I I think Kadarius Tony may only play, if he plays six games this year, I think that would be a miracle. In the six, Joker, games, that he plays, in the six games that he plays, he'll probably do more than David and Joku, who I am choosing. And it's only because I feel like every season there's hype around David and Joku, and I, I'm, I mean, I appreciate the talent. I appreciate the athletic ability. I appreciate what he's done in the past on like a one-off or two-off basis. But his overall, I mean, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his best season cannot cannot possibly be more than four or five touchdowns. So, uh, I think there are a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland this year. Um, I think that. Uh, Nick Chubb is being involved in the passing game more often. Uh, I'm a big Elijah Moore guy, obviously. Donald Peoples-Jones is still in the house. I'm just not totally sure that, uh, especially um, when you factor in the the variable of Deshaun Watson, that there's a better pick in this round than David Njoku. So that's what I'm going with. For the record, I knew it was going to be Njoku. Um, and Dave, I have a feeling who you're going with, so why don't oh, yeah. you bottle it? Oh, I, I, I do want to throw out, and, and Joko, maybe not get a ton of touchdowns, but when he does, it's a pretty epic touchdown celebration. That is like the massive like <laughs> jump slamming through his legs. It's epic. But yeah, it's Tony. Um, 
Tony's just trash. Uh, the guy stinks. He's not a he's not a real wide receiver. He's a gadget player. He's gonna be on the field at most twenty five to thirty five percent of the time. Like he's not gonna be full all the time. Yes, will they use him in situations where he can score touchdowns? Sure, but that also means that there's gonna be tons of games where he puts up next to nothing. Um, so I like Tony is very electric with the ball in his hands. But he's not a good route runner. He's not a good wide receiver. He's just he's just a gadget guy. And I, I think there's very like every other player in this uh, uh, in this round or most of the draft is on the field for at least fifty percent of the snaps. I don't think Tony will be that. The the question is what they do when they're on the field, though, which is why I'm going with Dolchich. The guy was on the <laughs> field for ten games last year, and he caught thirty three passes. So. Uh, I think this is actually the first round where all three of us pick someone different. So that's good like, to see. I like I'm the interested Dolce because he's actually currently the tight end two on the team to, as well. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. just I can't see him even having as good of a year as last year, and that was 33 catches. So um, I, I also would like to throw out there: uh, there is a a bet between me and Dan Acosta that I think Chig will score more than Greg D. And I'm, I mean, there's a lot of things in play. Tight ends, there's a lot of variance, uh, and the margin error is not huge. But you're feeling like my, I feel I, I feel better <laughs> now than when Hopkins yeah. signed after that bet. I was like, God damn it, Hopkins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All yeah, right. So I just looked, I, wait, I just want to. I just looked it up. Right. So David and Joku. Uh, He's played one, two, three, four, six seasons, four touchdowns, four touchdowns, one touchdown, two touchdowns, four touchdowns. Four. I mean, like, you just know what you're going to get, and it's mediocrity. So, But it, they're great celebrations four times a year. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I completely agree there. But it's, yeah, the he's like the opposite of a ceiling player. It's just, you're just getting a floor with Njoku. So I know that I'm safe in this format with going with Njoku. <laughs> All right, and moving on to the last round, round 10. We have Foreman, Knox, Moore, Algier, Connor, Gibson, Madison, Sutton, Herbert, Evans, Lockett, and Allen. I'll start here. Uh, I am a big Bills fan, but Dawson Knox uh, has to be my pick here. I think at this point... You know, he'll be lucky to just share time and split some work throughout the season. So I don't see a scenario where he has much of a productive fantasy season. Um, he's the only tight end that went in this round as well. So, you know, the wide receivers and running backs in this round, I felt like were still pretty decent. Although that, I do think there's one other that maybe one of my co-hosts will pick, but we'll see. Um, but I went Dawson Knox. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I did go Knox, but I'll, I'll talk about my uh, kind of my decision tree on this. So I was between Knox, Deontay Foreman, and Algier. Um, I had a feeling you would say Algier. Yeah, because they're all backups. But they're if anything happens to the player in front of them, they have massive ceilings. Like Algier had over a thousand rush years, so like I think there's risk with them. Dawson Knox, like. What is the worst thing that could happen? Uh, yeah. Like, if I mean, like, he was a starter last year, and it, it still wasn't that great. Like, so. Don Kincaid gets hurt. Like, 
<laughs> yeah. Knox is going to go. So, like, yes, I don't remember. Knox has had, a, I think, two years ago, I think he had, like, a lot of touchdowns. So, like, that is in the realm of possibilities. But, like, with Kincaid and all these other fact players involved, like, and Josh Allen rushing it in all the time, it, the ceiling seems very, very limited for Dustin Knox. Where the other players where I do think if everyone is healthy, they're maybe the better call. But – there, if someone gets hurt, it's like Herbert gets hurt or Bijan gets hurt. Like, I, very, then you're you lose his dud draft. So I'm going with Dawson Knox, keeping it safe with a nice low floor as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tyler Algier. So I'm not. Those were the three that I was debating in this round as well. So I mean, obviously, right? Like, I, I'm I, so as a Khalil Herbert owner in Dynasty, um. I love what I've seen in the preseason. I love the the hype clips, yep. but I'm not totally, totally sure what that backfield shakeout is going to look like, and I would not be surprised if it was more of a split. There's no way that Atlanta drafted um, Bijan Robinson to still give Tyler Algier meaningful work in the rush game. Whereas if you if you look at the history of how uh, tight ends perform, you know, if Dalton Kincaid were to hit and he were to hit immediately, it would kind of be uh, an anomaly in terms of what we would have seen in the past. Plus, I think they're going to run a lot of two wide receiver sets and Dawson's going to be on the field. And it just feels like Buffalo, uh, and I mean, I know we're talking eye test again, but like Buffalo's the kind of team where when they're scoring four and five touchdowns a game that, that like, there's a lot of opportunity for the Khalil Shakirs of the world and the Dawson Knoxes of the world and their second string running backs to be catching, uh, receiving touchdowns. So I, I would not be totally surprised to see a season where Knox caught four or five touchdowns. And I definitely don't see uh, Tyler Algier putting up four or five touchdowns in an offense where B. John Robinson is going to be on the field probably for 80 or 90% of snaps. So I'm going to go with Algier. I'll probably look like an idiot if B. John Robinson gets hurt, but I think that um, yeah. that was what scared me off of Dawson Knox. Although I, yeah. I he was probably, he would have been my second choice. Um, yeah. That was ultimately what led me to go with Tyler Algier. I will say too, Dawson Knox did score a touchdown the last four games of the regular season for the Bills. So he, he does score touchdowns here and there. It's just, you know, there's another tight end in town now. Um, it's also uh, not a sticky stat. Like, those are hard to yeah. carry over here. But yeah. it is something clearly in his repertoire. So it's yeah. there is risk there. So that's the dud draft. Why don't we recap our teams real quick so everyone knows the full lineups. Uh, I'll start. So my quarterback is Kyler Murray. RB1, Brees Hall, RB2, J.K. Dobbins, wide receiver one, Jamison Williams, wide receiver two, Michael Pittman, tight end is Kyle Pitts, first flex, Delvin Cook, second flex, Cole Komet, third flex, Greg Dolchich, and super flex, Dawson Knox. Dave, why don't you recap us your team? Yeah, so I got a quarterback, Kyler Murray, which is going to be consistent across the board. Does he sting? Um, uh, <laughs> RB1, I got... This year's <laughs> I got Jonathan Taylor. RB2, Ken Walker. Uh, wide receiver one, Drake London. Wide receiver two, Michael Pittman. Tight end, Cole Commit. 
Flex Jameson Williams, Flex 2, Hollywood Brown, Flex 3, Dawson Knox, because I wanted to put in Flex so I can leave in the Super Flex on who's not super, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> yeah, so for me, obviously QB1, Kyler Murray, and I'm happy that we all have Kyler so that if he happens to get traded or come back and put up 23.5 fantasy points per game for the last nine weeks. <laughs> Sounds like a stretch. RB1, Cam Akers. RB2, Tyler Algier. Wide receiver one, Drake London. Wide receiver two, Michael Pittman. Tight end, David Njoku. Flex number one, Kyle Pitts. Flex two, Brees Hall. Flex three, AJ Dillon. And then my super flex... The only third-string quarterback drafted in the first 10 rounds of our draft, (laughs) Trey Lance. (laughs) I love it. I don't know why that was on. (laughs) (laughs) That's how how bad the situation is. Because his name is Trey, so we had to play Trey times. (laughs) There you go. So, yeah, so – Quite a bit of variation there, so definitely uh, could work out in anyone's favor. Like we said earlier, $50 a team. If anyone wants to jump on someone's team, feel free to do so. If you want to create your own team, that's cool as well. Let us know. Uh, And Dave, why don't you take us home? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, that's our show. And I know it had been a a little bit of a hiatus uh, between shows, but that won't be the case for our next show. I think uh, we'll be trying to get another show out within uh, about – the next two week period we're looking at maybe doing some updates to our power rankings um maybe a little bold prediction so uh, a lot of things to look forward to but thank you guys for listening we really really appreciate it hope this was fun for you it was definitely fun for us so thank you and uh join us next time on the nsfw dynasty podcast take care guys time.